This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. Quote, I was born into a very poor family, and both of my parents died before I was ten. So I made a promise to myself. Someday, one way or another, I was going to be rich. Very rich. By the time I was 23, I'd made my first million. Then, in ten years, I'd turn that into a hundred million. Boy, in those days, that was a lot of money. Anyway, making money is all I've ever given a damn about. And I might as well tell you, Annie, I was ruthless to those I had to climb over to get to the top. Because I've always believed one thing. You don't have to be nice to the people you meet on the way up if you're not coming back down again. But I've lately realized something. No matter how much money you've got, if you have no one to share your life with, if you're alone, then you might as well be broke. End quote. Those are the words of the fictional character Oliver Warbucks from the play Annie, with music written by Charles Strauss. Now, Annie was first released in 1977 and was a musical adaptation of a 1924 comic strip by Harold Gray. And the musical is a feel-good kind of rags-to-riches tale, literally, in which little orphan Annie ends up, through a series of twists and turns, being adopted by the billionaire Oliver Warbucks, whose line it is that is today's quote. And if you haven't seen the musical, I recommend that you do. It's very good. It's relatively short, as musicals go. And if you can't see it, I'm sure you can find an adaptation of it online or somewhere else, and it's worth a watch. And you'll leave, as I said, feeling good, though strangely a little bit sad, as you may, like I did, consider that while Annie ended up in a hug from a billionaire adopter, so many of those from her orphanage didn't. And if you're like me, then you start thinking of all the children out there who don't have parents either, and then you get depressed, and on and on and on. But that is not the purpose of today's episode. I want to talk about Warbucks' quote. And I think it's a particularly good one. I don't often check on the demographics of my listeners, but my podcast hosting site will show where it's downloaded by country, not your individual addresses, of course. And many of them are from the United States, where indeed this musical takes place. And most others are from primarily English-speaking countries like Australia and England. Shout out to my overseas listeners. You are awesome. And today's quote, which I'll read again in a moment, is particularly challenging and damning at the same time, for reasons that I'll get to shortly. See, Warbucks is a billionaire, likely the kind who, were he both real and alive today, would have a recognizable name and be the subject of many and varied TV shows, Rolling Stones articles, and probably even have that coveted blue checkmark on Twitter. And I don't want to ruin the musical for you, but it's been out for like 50 years at this point, so go watch it. But one thing that's interesting to me is how they meet. Warbucks goes to the local orphanage to bring home an orphan for the Christmas holiday. And it's a fine gesture and a rather noble one, if you think about it. The fact that he does so at all makes him relatively unique in terms of the exceptionally limited set of billionaires with whom I'm familiar, which is none. And he and Annie, of course, they hit it off. And before you know it, he's waxing philosophical with Annie on something we've all heard about before, that money 
is insufficient to buy true happiness. And of course, the rest is history, and Annie ends up getting adopted in the long run. But it's an interesting thought for a billionaire to go to the local orphanage to bring a child home for the holiday so that they can experience a bit of happiness in their life. That's pretty interesting and noble. And it immediately endears you to Oliver Warbucks, the character, even if you can see his imperfections. Which I think, in a lot of very popular musicals and movies and things like that, is the type of character twist or the dichotomy of a character that makes them stick with people. It creates a sort of dissonance in our minds where we go, I, I shouldn't like him. He's, he's the mean, nasty billionaire who stepped on people's heads, self-admittedly, to get where he is in life. But Annie's really cute, and he's doing a nice thing. And it's that juxtaposition of those two stances that makes these things stick in our minds. And while we're on that topic, if my memory serves, that it was, I believe, Jim Carrey, the actor, who said something along the lines of, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of doing so that they can see that it's not the answer, that it won't bring happiness. And I think he's probably right. Now, don't get me wrong. This is a common refrain, and though it often seems to fall on deaf ears because it seems like an easy thing to say when you have plenty of money, and to say that to somebody who doesn't have a lot of money, it comes across as a tad bit condescending. Because rarely do people put their money where their mouth is, so to speak, and say, yeah, money can't buy happiness, but I'm certainly not going to give up all of mine. But I digress. And I think there's a bit more to this quote than just the caution that money isn't everything. So let me read it to you once more, and then we'll take a look at it, see if there's something deeper there. Warbuck says, quote, I was born into a very poor family, and both of my parents died before I was 10. So I made a promise to myself. Someday, one way or another, I was going to be rich. Very rich. By the time I was 23, I'd made my first million. Then in 10 years, I turned it into 100 million. Boy, in those days, that was a lot of money. Anyway, making money is all I've ever given a damn about. And I might as well tell you, Annie, I was ruthless to those I had to climb over to get to the top. Because I've always believed one thing. You don't have to be nice to the people you meet on the way up if you're not coming back down again. But I've lately realized something. No matter how much money you've got, if you have no one to share your life with, if you're alone, then you might as well be broke. End quote. Now, of course, you just heard a rich man, again, fictional though he may be, tell an orphan that money isn't everything. Somewhat ironic, but we'll leave it there, and it kind of fits for the play, so let's let it go. What I find more interesting is the line in the middle where Warbuck says, I was ruthless to those I had to climb over to get to the top, because I've always believed one thing. You don't have to be nice to the people you meet on the way up if you're not coming back down again. Think about that. You don't have to be nice to the people you meet on the way up if you're not coming back down again. Wow. Think about that and think about how many people you know who are like that. Celebrities, politicians, hell, Instagram famous people, I don't know, whomever. This is, of course, a generalization and shouldn't be considered to be all wealthy or successful people because they're not all that way. But I'd argue that the kind and approachable celebrity or politician, and I'm talking the genuinely kind and approachable, not the kind and approachable when it's politically advantageous type politician or celebrity, is so exceptionally rare, literally the exception when I say it exceptionally, that we noted in our minds who that person actually is. Take, for example, if I were to ask you to name the most kind and approachable celebrity you can think of, 
in five seconds, who would it be? Go. Yeah, I bet the name that you said was Keanu Reeves. Why? Because he's so kind and approachable, at least that's what we're told, that it actually makes headlines. Think about that. Keanu Reeves is so kind and approachable, and he's done so many nice things for people, that it actually is newsworthy that he's that way, which should tell you the state of the celebrity, millionaire, and billionaire communities in general. That when one of them is actually nice to the common person, to the person on set, and all the things that Keanu Reeves is noted for having done, and I'm not taking away from any of that. Thank you, Mr. Reeves, for being that, that way. But it makes headlines. That's crazy. It's crazy that somebody being nice to other people makes headlines. That's how rare it is. So with that said, clearly you might think, were you thinking like Warbucks, that, you know, you have to crack a few eggs uh, or step on a few heads to reach the top. Perhaps. Maybe you need to do that. But the most interesting part of this most interesting sentence to me is the part where he says, if you're not coming back down again. Of course, no one on their way up thinks they're ever coming back down again. Why would they? Who wants to consider that possibility? It's true, there's a certain amount of momentum and inertia in play once you reach a certain point, but nothing, nothing is certain. There is no guarantee you won't come crashing down to earth very uncomfortably. And there are many, many stories throughout history just like this. You may not think so, but that's because the ones that do ascend to the top and stay ascended become our social, or at least financial, idols and get all the attention. The ones that fall from grace and we never hear from again, we often forget about them. But they're there. You can go look. And so the point of all this today is twofold. First, money will buy you a lot. Let's make no mistake about that. It does free you from certain existential concerns and enables happiness-inducing activities. When one has money, one can go ride a jet ski whenever one desires. Maybe that makes you happy for a moment. So money can't buy you happiness, but it can certainly buy you activities and things that can make you happy. But, as we know, it's not the end-all be-all, and we ought not to sacrifice ourselves, our hearts, or our souls in pursuit of ever more of it. There is, contrary to what some might say, a point where you have enough money. And secondly, perhaps more importantly, be kind to people, especially as you are experiencing success. It may not seem necessary at the time, and some might even advise against it. But you never know when you might be coming right back down that ladder. Perhaps lower, in the end, than where you started to begin with. And how you treated people before that happens will have an outsized impact on your new station in life. If you were a horrible person to people as you ascended, they will remember that, just as you remember the people that stepped on your head on the way to their success, who took credit for your work. But, on the contrary, if you are kind and compassionate, and you attempt, let's say, to bring people with you on your path to success, even if it means slightly less success, even if it means a little bit more work on the way, they will remember that just the same. And I think if you think through which one of those two camps you'd like to be in at the end of the day, I think you'll very quickly choose the latter. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. 
you can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback. And thanks as always for listening.